The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, God's wisdom goes somewhat unnoticed. We don't always notice God's wisdom at work. Or there are other times when God's wisdom seems to confuse us. We don't know why, through God's wisdom, certain things would be allowed. We don't know why, and through God's wisdom, certain people might get hurt, or people who are up to no good are allowed to get away with it. We have a lot of questions about God's wisdom at times. But here in today's gospel, we see this a great moment when God's wisdom is clearly in action and we kind of enjoy it. Now, at that time, at that time and place, politics and religion were very closely connected. There were lots of times when those who were in charge, including the Roman emperor, might declare themselves to be a kind of God. They would declare themselves to be God. Um, there's a very close connection between politics and religion at the time. Now, what that created for the Jewish people in that time and place was a great amount of controversy around, especially around paying the tax. It was a divisive controversy. There was a political implication to paying tax to the emperor. Um, the, the Romans, they were a conquering people. And the, so the first question was, is it right to pay tax to this conquering people who invaded their land and uh, were imposing their own religion on the people? But there is also a question about a possible idolatry as well. And uh, on the list of the things that God doesn't like, idolatry is towards the top of that list. And if an, the emperor declares himself to be a god... Is it right to give a tax to him? These were the questions around at the time. And the the questions about tax, debates about tax, still go on today. After all, we don't always agree with how tax dollars are spent. 
Uh, it often becomes a big election issue. And sometimes we know tax dollars even go towards efforts and towards things that go against our faith. And so a trap is set for Jesus in either or question. Is it right to pay this tax or not? The hope was that regardless of the answer Jesus gives, there will be people out for his life. If, if Jesus says that it's okay to pay the tax to the emperor, then there would be people upset with him that uh, maybe he's endorsing idolatry or supporting those who invaded the promised land. And if he said no, then the Romans would be after his life. This is the trap set for Jesus. The problem with the trap is that it presents to God an either-or question. And when we take a look at our faith, we find that God often answers questions with both and answers. He's not always an either-or response from God. Now, this inclusion of this moment in the scriptures, not only does it point out the wisdom of Jesus, but it teaches us something about our relationship with those who lead us and with God. Jesus gives a both-and answer, and we enjoy the answer he's given. We kind of want to cheer him on for giving an answer, a wisdom that stumps those who are challenging him. We might put it in the same category as when uh, Jesus said to those about to stone a woman, those without sin cast the first stone. It's a wisdom from God. That's a both-and. In this answer that he gives here, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God, he first affirms legitimate leadership and government. He doesn't say that there's anything wrong with Caesar or with the emperor. He doesn't get into a debate about that. He affirms that it is okay for leaders and governments to exist. And not only that, but he affirms our duty to support those who legitimately lead us. Regardless of uh, some of the stands that they may take, they're the ones legitimately in charge. And just because of that, they deserve our support. So regardless as if we like it or not, we got to pay our taxes. Jesus, through his response, he reveals a divide between the roles of government and religion. And over time, this is, this is fleshed out further and we get a, 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 the, the separation of church and state. Uh, that's the language that we might use today. So we learn this about the relationship between us and legitimate leaders. God approves it. Uh, we have a duty to support those who legi legitimately lead us. And uh, there is kind of a divide, a separation of roles between government and religion. But then Jesus tells us that we're to give to God the things that belong to God. And this is a bigger challenge. Because if we were to summarize what it is that belongs to God, it can be summarized in, what, in one word. Everything. Everything belongs to God. The Roman coin had the image of Caesar, of the Roman emperor on it. It belonged to the emperor and was expected to, expected to be used as the emperor commanded. The $5 bill in my wallet is stamped with the mark of the Bank of Canada. It belongs to the government here in Canada and is expected to be used as the government intends. Each person, though, and all of creation are stamped with the mark of the maker. 
Wherever we find beauty, there's a hint of the mark of the maker. We enjoy a wonderful sunrise or a sunset. It shouldn't be a surprise. It bears the mark of the maker. Or maybe we enjoy a, a wonderful friendship. We find a beautiful friendship in our lives. There's the mark of the maker there, too. God's given us the gift of friendship. In, um, within me, within each of you, within the emperor of the time, within our prime minister, and even within government, it's all marked, with the, with the, stamped with the mark of our maker. And so this is why, although government and religion may have their own unique roles and independence, faith ought to direct political action. Caesar's coins belonged to Caesar, but Caesar himself belonged to God. The $5 bill in my wallet may belong to the government of Canada, but Canada itself belongs to God. And this extends into all places— the home that you own and live in. It may be your home, but you yourself belong to God. Maybe you own a business. The business is yours, but you, the owner, belong to God. A teacher may have a classroom and uh, make all kinds of decisions on what goes on in the classroom, but the teacher themselves, they belong to God. This wisdom of God extends into all, any and all places. This is a big challenge that Jesus gives to us, not just to pay our taxes and to support those legitimately in charge, but to reflect on how we do in giving God what belongs to him. It's a challenge because it calls us to include God in all things, in our decisions at the voting booth, in the workplace, decisions of politicians. God should be involved when we're filling in our calendar and, how, and, and deciding how to use our time, and even uh, in small things, uh, on, on uh, even what food we might prepare in our kitchens. Because of this, our Pope has asked that on Friday, on October the 27th, that we would observe that day as a day of prayer and fasting for peace in the Middle East. That conflict that's arisen there, um, it's very far away from us. There may be very little that we can do directly here, but indirectly we know that God should be involved in all things. And so we will offer some prayer that day. And I'm not asking that you uh, call in sick that day and stay at home praying for the day, but maybe at some point in that day, take a moment to deliberately pray for all of those impacted by that conflict there, and pray that peace would prevail. Uh, the Pope's asked that it would be a day of fasting, and oh, we, we don't, uh, this doesn't necessarily mean don't eat anything for that day, but what about deliberately giving something up? Any small thing, it doesn't matter. Giving something up that day as a reminder to us of our call for our heavenly home, as a reminder to us of the, the peace that we truly desire both here within our families, in the Middle East, everywhere, that will be realized in God's kingdom. And that's what we want to long for above all else. So I hope you might join the Pope and myself that day on Friday in giving something up and offering an extra prayer and asking, begging God to intervene in that place in the Middle East uh, and bringing a, a swift resolution, returning peace to that area. God of all, 
we beg that you would reve- that you would send to us your Holy Spirit to reveal how we are called to offer up to you all that you have given to us. May you multiply our offerings, strengthen us, and through our generosity towards you and towards others, reveal your love we're all called to share. These prayers we make in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>